0: It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at VisitspaceCoast.com.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Cricket Daily. For those listening on the podcast feed, I'm Menes. I'm with Paul. Paul, have England uh, capitulated today? Is that the ashes gone?
2: Well, it's not looking good. Um, I'm going to disappoint you with my answer because. I'm never going to say never, you, you know, you you rule things out at your peril in sport, but yeah, they needed to have a great day today. The first session was great. The rest of it, Australia finished in front. And so Australia's further in front at the end of today than they were um, at the end of yesterday. So uh, it's not gone, but um, it's... Um, what are they used to say? Kevin Mitchell Jr.'s is um, warming up with his ground staff, um, or Tony Gregg's <laughs> getting ready to make his way down to the presentation area.
1: <laughs> That's it. So uh, for those that have missed the score, if you're on Mars or something, um, Australia um, bowled England out for 236 today. They did not enforce the follow-on, and instead uh, they batted for about an hour or so before stumps, and they won for 45. They lost David Warner to a, a run-out. Um, but to your point, I mean, I, I think Australia in a really strong position, but the pitch to me does look to be flattening out a little. And England it could maybe see this one out.
2: Oh, Of course, they could. Uh, but I still, um, I still think an England win is more likely than a draw, as, as highly unlikely as both of those scenarios are. And, um, I'm not actually sure about the pitch because today, um, I actually was at the beach for about four hours, but you'll be pleased to know I have been at my most anti-social best. I managed to listen to pretty much every ball on the radio with listening through my headphones and totally um, annoying my family. And and basically I was a passenger there. I think I, you know, (laughs) they they confirmed to them what an idiot I am. Um, You can see if 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 you're watching, I'm still wearing my rash shirt shirt that I wore at the beach today. Uh, It was actually good actually. Um, I haven't listened to the cricket on the radio for that long, for a long time, because once the ability to pause live TV came in and once the fact that there was no longer a blackout into Sydney when the when the, when the cricket was in Sydney, um, I just haven't had the need to listen to it on the radio for ages. So it was really nostalgic and I was quite impressed with the standard of the coverage. I tuned into all three stations, Triple M, SEN and ABC throughout the day, but um, SEN was my favourite. Uh, and I ended up listening to them to for the majority of it, and I, I it, was, it was a good um, nostalgic experience hearing the cricket as I once used to.
1: Yeah, I've been surfing around the radio a bit. Actually, I, I watched some with the TV. I synced it up. It's not that hard to do. And I actually agree. I think SEN has all round the best cast. It's the best commentary. ABC is still very good. I think there's some really good commentators on the ABC. Alison Mitchell being one of them, despite the Serb yesterday. Um, but I do like ABC. Triple M, I don't think is for me in the end. I just find it a little bit annoying. It's
2: interesting because when we were driving down to the and we had we were going a long way, quite a long way to the beach today. I was flicking through, and my wife picked up when the Triple M coverage came on. She wasn't really listening too much to, to it any of the three of them, but she noticed the difference. And she just said that the triple M coverage was vastly more interesting to her. Uh, and it it was interesting to hear sort of like a a perspective of not, not an especially strong cricket fan that when I then listened again, you could tell that the, the AM stations were a little bit more relaxed and restrained and triple M had that sort of upbeat, um, let's get going sort of attitude. I quite liked, um, what I heard from triple M, um, so I'd be willing to give them more of a chance. They were less jokey than I expected, so I was quite happy with them as well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I would, I would probably prefer to actually commentate for Triple M than I would the other broadcasts. I think you can have a lot of fun. Uh, do you have a stat of the day, Paul? Did or do you know? Was it you know how many kids drowned at the beach or something? No, I have two stats of the day.
2: Um, one which is one that if I'd seen it earlier, I would have brought up yesterday, and it's kind of it's one that he's against me and and proves me wrong a bit, but it's from Tim Wigmore. I sent it to you and Jaleesa last (laughs) night. There's a lot of them. Um, But um, I just think this is an amazing stat. It applies more to day two than to day three. But so Tim Wigmore sent out the stat saying, Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, and Chris Wokes in the first innings at Adelaide in 2017, 88 overs, 20 maidens, four for 230. And those same three bowlers um, in this first innings, 78.4 Seventy-eight point four overs, twenty-two maidens, four for two hundred and thirty-four, and he added four years of ashing. Four years of Ashes planning to get dot 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 nowhere at all, and <laughs> it is quite remarkable how identical that is. And you, I mean, I thought this was the right attack that they'd chosen. I've obviously been proven wrong, uh, but yeah, to go for four years and to have that exact same thing happen again—pretty um, disappointing. My other one is Cameron Green has now um, his stats in this series. He has taken five for 53. Um, wow. and so And that includes the wicket of Joe Root uh, twice. So I was just checking here. Five for 53, average of 10.6. Um, so um, still early days, but that's pretty exciting. So, yeah, they're my two stats of the day.
1: Yeah, Cameron Green is Joe Root's kryptonite. I think if um Green mm. had been playing him more this year, he wouldn't be nearly have scored as many runs. Um so for those that missed it, England batted so well in the first session. They put on no wickets for 123. Milan and Root looked in control. But then after the break, Root goes and and they, there's a stunning collapse. They lost four for 57 in the middle session. Quite quite a stunning turnaround it looked for a while there that england could put up a really good total i have a friend um simon
2: uh, who lives in mexico at the moment who i sometimes call him the draw bot because every test match uh, without fail he starts saying oh this is going to be a draw this is going to be a draw and he was doing it again today as um that partnership uh continued and i my head was saying that no, there's going to be a collapse at some point but my heart was starting to say well maybe there wouldn't be and i was um uh, exchanging some uh, sort of uh, quite strongly worded <laughs> texts to him, and so when suddenly the collapse came, wonderful. Vindication. Strongly
1: worded about a cricket draw. I mean, that's that's why you're hosting a cricket podcast, <laughs> speculating <laughs> about a cricket draw. Yeah, we're getting quite fired. Well, I was anyway. He was he's pretty relaxed.
2: So yeah, um, the um, I was a little bit disappointed, I suppose, in Australia's two new bowlers that um, i have been expecting massive things um from them and i'm also disappointed from uh richardson uh rather than nisa i'm just pulling up the figures uh now because I just want to make sure i haven't invented something. i've got them here but if you want them, i've got them here now as well so we've got richardson 19 overs none for 78 going at 4.1 nisa 11 overs one for 33 nisa's fine but I don't know. Richardson had less sparkle than I expected. He he's, he started well at, um last night, but I don't know. He always looked like he has a like maybe he's got a, a minor injury that he's hiding or something. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think he looked that dangerous. I was surprised one of the commentators afterwards said they thought he was more dangerous than Nietzsche. Um, I actually thought, you know, what what really stood out to me was how well Stark and Lyon bowled. Mm. Um, Lyon took uh, three for fifty eight, and he got some big wickets. He got Mer- he got um, he got Pope out, and then he got Wokes and Robinson and. Um, Mitchell Stark, I thought, bolt excellently, four for 37. He got Milan. He also got Butler for a duck. Um, so, yeah, I thought the two senior pros, you know, while Hazelwood and Cummins are away, really stood up. Mm.
2: And I was expecting – i that doesn't surprise me, but I, I was expecting Richardson to blow them away. And after that first over last night, um, yeah, maybe, maybe if the storm hadn't come, it would have been different, but – So it will be interesting to see what he does in the second innings. Uh, I think you and I might be in agreement on something. that I think we both – we might be in the minority here. We both wouldn't have enforced the follow-on. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, I I thought it was the right thing to do, Mm. uh, to bat first. But I'd be reticent to bat on too long tomorrow. I think Australia should declare – the latest sort of half an hour, an hour after the first break, and give themselves a good session before the dinner break, and then they can come out after lights with a new ball. Um, I think taking the route they've done, which I'm agree with, you've got to really drive the game from here. I
2: don't think they'll declare that early. I think that if they if they last, they'll probably declare. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they declared at the second um, the second break, and that would give them 120. 120- five overs or so to to bowl England out, um, I think that's probably what they'll do.
1: Yeah, so well, I wasn't disappointed with that. Um, so, yeah, the figures, green two for 24, line three for Stark, four for Nisa, one. David Warner and Marcus Harris came out. And honestly, um, if you'd said to me Marcus Harris will be 21 not out, by the close of play, I wouldn't have believed you. The fact that he survived 59 balls is a miracle. Um, so I'm so glad he did. They sent me, a... no, that no, no. Make... I mean, <laughs> I know, but he just looks so, look so bad in a normal situation. You send him out with an hour to go. <laughs> with a new pink ball under lights. Uh, I thought it so was So why just, are
2: you glad that he
1: survived? You should be hoping... I like him. I think get, he's, a, he's a good bloke. And we dropped. met... We, and I, honestly, I really like him because we met his dog when he was interviewed by us last <laughs> year. Do you remember he showed us Archie, yeah, his little uh, French bulldog or whatever it was? So I I've do, got a soft spot for Harris. Um, I want him to do well, but Warner ran himself out for 13. Uh, he just set off as soon as Harris hit it. And Oh,
2: uh, I don't know. I, I think that it was just a... If I, I if I had to portion blame, I would have gone sixty forty Harris. But Harris that propped and stopped for half a second that that kind of um, caused it. But I just want, it was just a mix up. I don't think there's um yeah um, it wasn't a butchering either way.
1: Yeah, so um, I've got my good day, bad day awards, and then we'll get to all the questions because there is a lot of them. My good day award is to the pickle juice, the concentrated pickle juice that the uh, Aussies were drinking. I saw Nathan Lyon uh, downing these little uh, shots of pickle juice, and what you know, it's extra strength pickle juice, and it really helped with the Aussies. They bowled well, so good day for the pickle juice manufacturers. Uh, the the concentrate has ten more electrolytes. Ten times more electrolytes than normal pickle juice, bowls. So, you know, you and I, for a long podcast, go the normal pickle juice, but I'm thinking we go the concentrated pickle juice. I go
2: show me the journal articles that show pickle juice has any impact at all. I'm not saying it doesn't. I confess to have not studied pickle juice, but I would like to see some robust science behind the efficacy of pickle juice. And if there is, that's fantastic. If there isn't, it may be along a lot of these lines of um, uh, a bit of pseudoscience creeping in which I can't stand. So someone out there who's a pickle juice uh, expert, um, please send me some information referencing some um, serious scientific journals.
1: Well, good day for the pickle juice, despite Paul. A bad day, bad day. Uh, well, two bad days. Firstly, David Warner's see through trousers. For some reason, he wore pants that he could see through. So he could just see him with his black undies all day. All the commentators referred to it at some stage. The camera wouldn't go there because. He just, yeah, I don't know why he wore see through trousers. So bad day for him and bad day for Kevin Peterson, who was affectionately called the skunk when he first toured Australia because of his awful haircut. KP tweeted out Can someone please smack Lion FFS, which, which you all know what that means, off spinner with zero variations and bowling on world cricket's flattest road? Hashtag the Ashes. I mean, KP, you're such a muppet. That's such a, a terrible tweet. Bad day for you. He's got 400 test wickets. Um, just go back to tweeting about rhinos, please. I think that's the best use of your time.
2: Kevin Peterson is another one that's blocked me for reasons I don't know. Um, so I didn't see that, but I heard about it. I mean, it's a bit um, uh, a bit rude, but he's got a point. England should have been more aggressive against Lyon. I mean, if I bet you... No, but- Compare yeah, the yeah. Okay. The, the, yeah. the run rate that the uh, Indians went against Lyon to the run rate that the English went against Lyon, um, and as soon as Stokes was forced to, he managed to get a six and a four away. I mean, I, I don't think that it's the flattest road, and I don't think that Lyon has you know has no variations or anything like that. Um, but in essence, I think he had a bit of a point.
1: All righty. Now, should we fire through all these listener and and viewer questions? Um, Some people might be listening. They might not even want to see us. They just listen to the audio, the YouTube. All right, Rhys Kemp, who impressed you more, Nisa or Richardson?
2: Nisa and I was disappointed with Richardson. I'd like to see uh, either confirmation that he has got an injury or something more from him in the second innings because his record is fantastic. His form has been fantastic. And what I've seen of him in the past was, you know, he's like a Jason Gillespie style bowler. And he just didn't have that. Bowled a little bit wide and um, wide of the stumps as well. Um, Maybe he's um, auditioning for the England side.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Richardson's um, slipped back a bit. So maybe Nisa will stay in for the Boxing Day test. Next question. Hmm.
2: What does from Aiden R. What does Harris need to score tomorrow to ensure his spot for the rest of the series? Good question.
1: I actually think he's probably already scored enough. I think getting through that hour tonight and surviving is probably all he needed to do. Uh, but if he gets past 50 tomorrow, I think that's locked in his spot for Boxing Day.
2: I agree. I think he's probably done enough. Assuming Australia win. If, if something went wrong and Australia lost, then... And he, and he failed then the knives would be out but that's not looking likely and I think it's to, to the point of that they are saying that they picked this side for a reason and that if you really believe that he was in your best six why would two test matches uh change your mind I kind of agree with that overall philosophy but I think that maybe in the case of Harris maybe they have got it wrong I was half happy that they picked him if you listened to earlier podcasts but um yeah, I'd be I'd be picking Kawaja for the next test if, if you know, given that Maxwell's not going to be picked.
1: <laughs> Aiden R, uh, could Green in the future become a bowler who can bat opposed to an all-rounder?
2: Well, the funny thing is that's what he was up until he got the back injury. When he first started playing uh, Sheffield Shield cricket, he he was batting at about number eight, uh, if not number nine, maybe, and. I think he even came in as night watchman um, in one of those shield games, didn't he? Um, And got some, got some runs there. So it's funny how we classify people um, differently and then, then view them through a completely different prism. But at the, you know, I hope he becomes, um, you know, an absolute top draw performer in both disciplines. And I think it's eminently possible.
1: Well, I think this question is just why he's such a great talent. Is that it's hard to judge which mm. which skill he's going to be better at? I mean, he averages over fifty in first class cricket. We haven't quite seen that at test level yet, um, but last last time we saw shades of it, and then we're seeing uh, he this ability to bowl really incisive spells. So, Aiden, your guess is as good as mine. Good thing would be if um in the second innings.
2: Tomorrow, if Australia are pushing for a declaration and he gets to come out and bat with some some freedom and and crack a quick 40 or 50, that'd be pretty good. Absolutely. Uh, Adam Smith, how did Smith's captaincy in the field compare to Cummins's?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I didn't notice a great difference. I did think Smith has had an excellent game. Uh, you know, he's caught everything. He's made 93 and I think, um, his on field tactics have been superb. I mean, he's, he's captain Australia over 30 times. So it's, he's an experienced on field captain and maybe you're right, Paul. Maybe. It, Cummins should get the sack after one game and you spit the job. I think you were early on to this yesterday and, you know, maybe Cummins will just abdicate, you know, because he's yeah, such yeah. a nice guy. He'll be home watching <laughs> this and thinking, well, Smudge's his team. <laughs> uh,
2: I find it hard to tell when they've had success. Like I think you really determine how good a captain is in terms of field placings when the other side is, you know, three for 400. And uh, when they're not under that pressure, they're all probably much of a muchness, but I think that um, Smith did well bringing the field into Ollie Pope today. Uh, I think that was quite good to crowd um, crowd him when when Nathan Lyon was bowling. So that was uh, that was an encouraging sign. Uh, Richard M. Now that we've seen them all, what's the best bowling lineup available to the Poms going into Melbourne, assuming Melbourne isn't a pointless road? That is a good question.
1: I would think Matt Parkinson needs to come in, Sakib Mahmood needs to come in. Um, <laughs> certainly no Chris Wokes, unfortunately. Um, yeah, look, I actually think England are bold okay, but I think, um, you know, you could you can switch wood for Wokes. I think they need to try the league spinner. Um, but, yeah, I don't think they have a good option. What do you think?
2: Yeah, you know, I think your point is that they bowled okay. That's the thing, that they, they squandered their chance in the first test when they had the conditions at their mercy if they wanted to bowl first. And Michael Vaughan sent the tweet out that I've been saying as well, that Australia is better than England. And in order for Australia to be beaten by England in Australia, England need to have a day out or have, you know, the better of conditions. In this match, I don't think Australia's had massively the better of conditions, but it was a, it was a, a good toss to win. And so Australia's had better conditions slightly, and they're a slightly better side. England have tried hard, haven't bowled straight enough, haven't bowled full enough, and the results are set, therefore not that surprising. Um, going into Melbourne, yeah, Wokes is gone unless something amazing happens, and I think they'll bring Wood back, as you said. Um, will they bring in a spinner? Oh, I don't know. Um, I, I'd, I'd possibly, that might be the only change I make. But I agree with you. Uh, Parkinson and um, and um,
1: Sakeem Mahmood aren't the worst choices. Yeah, he's just arrived for the Sydney Thunder mood, so he's playing in the next game. Uh, and, and I think it depends if England hold on and draw this one, then they won't make it. many changes. Uh, they'll, they'll, you know, they're still in the series. Um, all right. Do you rate roots two to 2021 or Clark's 2012 higher? so this is from Richard M referring to their record run scoring years do you think Smith or Labashane have a world record year in them and i'm just nailing labashane now every time 100% pronunciation record now uh,
2: you're a, you're a, you're a linguist it's only taken you 4 years and um oh, i think without the figures in front of me i watched Clark's 2012 2012- year and he, he was in rare, rare form, but I think maybe Root has just just pipped him. I think the fact that he got the runs, a lot of runs in English conditions where it's very difficult, he got the runs in the subcontinent, um, the rest of the side hasn't been scoring many and he's batted pretty well down here, albeit hasn't got any centuries yet, so maybe i just give it to Root in a, a narrow margin.
1: Yeah, I think actually you're you probably right on that, but I, I enjoyed Clark's more a, because he's Australian, but I also just – the way Clark batted that year was just phenomenal. He's a much prettier batsman to watch. Root is aesthetically very ugly to watch, the way he sort of no, pokes at not. the ball. I find him – I think Clark is way prettier. His stroke play, the way he um, would hit the ball was just beautiful, elegant. Um, he had all the shots. So I – that like that 300 at the SCG – that was actually the year, it was amazing from Clark. So, um, yeah, so I think you're right, Root probably gets it because of um, the conditions, but Clark's was better to watch, in my opinion.
2: I think aesthetically their styles are different, but they're roughly similar. I think they're both quite nice to watch.
1: Mm, you can't tell me what I like and don't like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I preface with what I thought. It wasn't the same I, what know, I know, I know,
1: I <laughs> know.
2: Thought <laughs> crime manners. Um, which is your favourite bat, Menas and Paul?
1: Uh, well, I assume they're saying batter. Uh, and, I in history. You know,
2: brand, brand of yeah. bat,
1: maybe. Okay, well, let's answer that one. I saw one of the players using a new GM bat, Gunn and Moore, and it looked beautiful and when i was a kid because steve war used the gm mm. loved the gm um and then it was miller champion hall because that's what all the cricketers used um even when they were sponsored by others they'd get miller champion hall and put their gray nickel stickers on um <laughs> what about you what did you use
2: um well i had a simmons or a simons for a, for a while and then i had a, I had a, a gun and more as well but my favorite is obviously sykes which was the bat that bradman used um but i i'm one of these people that I don't want to know anything about brands of bats. In my mind, I'm one of these blokes that can just pick up anything and go out and score 100 with it, which is completely not true, but that's what I'd like to think of myself as, as someone who doesn't care what he uses because he's just so good, which is not true at all. But, yeah, there you go.
1: So that's it for all the questions. Lots of great comments. Um, thanks for everybody that's uh, – what? No, I'm just laughing at what a stupid answer I gave to that question. No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> and, and if you want a, a different answer – Whoever sent that in, clarify it next time, right? Um, no, no, it was so, a fine question. It was just a no, no. It was fine, but it I'm is. saying, if he wants to know who our favourite batter is at the moment or in history, ask again. I'm, you know, we'll answer it. I'm just, I was being polite, um, as polite as I can get. Anyway, um, so just um, finally, Paul. Um, I don't know if there's a delay or he's just gone silent. Um, no, I'm
2: just, just laughing. It's, it's quarter past 12 in the morning and we, you can tell from us, I think. We, uh, we've we had long days. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, so, um, you know, Jaleesa Apps has been moonlighting on Breakfast Radio all week on SEN in Australia. But you and I have been doing the late night shift. And, mm. look, I went on tonight with Danny. Lovely, did a great chat. But yesterday you went on with Heathie. And this is the, the thing they released. They wrote about you in the podcast bio I saw. What a great intro. Award-winning podcaster with Cricket Daily, also part of the amazing Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Paul joined Heaty following the conclusion of day two. I mean, I never get that written about me in the bio. It's, that was incredible.
2: That yeah, it was lovely. I saw that. I, I liked that quite a lot.
1: Uh, so, yeah, I need to get my um, agent to sort that out. Um, yeah. Paul, any closing words for the uh, viewers or listeners?
2: No, no. Um... Uh, I think I I might have ended yesterday with the same thing that I would love it if England could do something amazing tomorrow and uh, continue to make this series um, progress till at least um, till at least the new year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks everybody that have listened on the podcast feed. Thanks everybody that have watched live on YouTube. Thanks very much to Paul's wife for letting him record this late. Um, (laughs) So um, yeah, patron saint Dennett, and we'll be back soon. Yeah.